And welcome back to another episode of Goth Girl Horror, the hack slash podcast dedicated to the comic books by Tim Seeley. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I'm your co-host, Serena. And hack slash pod, the hack slash podcast is part of the Radio Horror Network. Tonight on the show, we're going to be talking about the one-shot and miniature little prequel, Slice Hard. But before we get to the issue uh, synopsis and uh, overlay like we normally do, which is, it is two issues, but it's technically an issue in like a few pages because there's a, yeah, yeah there's a, there's a, there's a backstory we've already gone over at least once and we reprinted again later on for a free comic book day special. I thought I'd talk a little bit about Scaricon, which we had mentioned a few times here on this podcast. Yes. It was a uh, horror convention in Framingham, Massachusetts. I went to for three days. Thursday, I got to pick up at the airport Bill Thornberry, who plays Jody in the Phantasm movies, uh, as well as his wife, and an actor named Jake Lively, who was the... He he was Rusty in the European Vacation movie, but also in Night of the Creeps. He was one of the actors in that movie. Uh, he's got some family with some big Hollywood names attached to him, which is really yeah, funny, I found Yeah, sounds a little out. familiar. Yeah, his, his sister is Blake Lively, and his brother-in-law is Ryan Reynolds. Friday, Saturday, I was at the con uh, chaperoning Kate Hodge from the movie Leatherface, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 3, and she was the werewolf in She-Wolf of London, the series, which is a 1990-1991 supernatural kind of uh, romance uh, TV series. Yeah, it actually sounds pretty good. I should check it out. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It's, you can find it on DVD. And I also got to meet uh, Don Coscarelli, who is the director of Phantasm 1 through 4 and producer of Part 5, and director of Bubba Hotep, a Bruce Campbell movie a lot of people really enjoy. Yeah, because it's awesome. It is awesome. And he signed my entire <laughs> Phantasm box set, all the Blu-rays. Nice, nice, mm-hmm. nice. Meet anybody else? I met Elvira. <laughs> And I got to take her and her partner to the airport, uh, sorry, not the airport, to Quincy Market to a seafood restaurant today. I'm just jealous. And I got to have drinks uh, Friday night with uh, Billy Zane. Yeah, just shut up, because I hate you. (laughs) And uh, Felicia Rose gave me a hug a few times from uh, sleepaway camp. (laughs) I will be seething with jealousy that you got to meet Billy Zane for a very long time. And I got to have drinks with uh, Heather Langenkamp and Lisa Wilcox from Nightmare on Elm Street, part one, three, five, four, and uh, New Nightmare. Yeah, that was that's just amazing. I know. Lisa Wilcox has been on the show at least three times, by the way, the Radio Horror Show. Oh, super cool. So you guys got to talk a little bit, catch up. Yep. And Heather Langenkamp's been on the show, too, and she remembered me, too, from meeting me at Rocket Shock a couple years ago, which was nice. Because she, she was there with yeah, uh, is... a bunch of nightmare people, including Robert England. Yeah. I love it when they, like, remember people, because it's like, oh, you guys actually pay attention. Yeah. Which is nice. I remember coming on the show. We were talking about I Am Nancy, which is a documentary about, you know, Heather's kind of life post-nightmare. Oh, I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I, I think you can find it, it on uh, DVD, Blu-ray, or streaming somewhere. There was the award ceremony, and we were nominated for Best Short Form Podcast. The Dead TV Podcast was actually nominated for Best Interview with John D. LeMay, the star of Jason Goes to Hell, The Final Friday, and the Friday the 13th TV series, Seasons 1 and 2. Congratulations. Thank you. And Goth Girl Horror was nominated for a secret award, which was not announced. Uh, Best Honorable Mention. So tell us how it went. (laughs) Well, apparently the Best Honorable Mention is the number of fans that you have that wrote in for you. And then the judges picked... That, but they, but the fans don't pick the podcast to win. There are judges that will take the fan submissions and then make a determination themselves, which is nice. So oh, yeah. even though we didn't win other another award, this is for 
this is the honorable mention award that we're like, you know, your 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 podcast is awesome and your fans love you and then we so we listened to it again and we chose the, you know, this podcast. So that was an award I didn't expect to get nominated for. We didn't win, but I was not expected to hear that we were nominated. So Yeah, I mean, that's like huge the fact that like we have enough fans to like write in for something like that. I just touch me in the warm and feely places. The, the award we were nominated for was best short form podcast, which I come to find out we lost to, as well as three other, uh, two or three other, I think two other, two other short form podcasts lost to a podcast that has had zero content since November of 2017, with the exception of two episodes. Yeah, that sounds fair, doesn't it? That sounds like somebody wasn't paying attention. I'm not I'm not really happy. Something something got missed. I don't understand yeah. how a podcast that doesn't have any new content in two years, except for two episodes, twenty three minutes each, gets wins an award. Yeah, I don't either because you're not I don't know. It just kind of feels like a slap in the face. Like here we are actually trying to make this a bi weekly thing and put good work into it and someone else did two episodes in a year and congratulations. Whatever. I'm salty. I'm extremely salty because I don't understand how they won, this podcast won, when they've had no content at all. I don't either. That's BS. It's it's really really gotten to me in the last several hours because I'm like, because I I was, first I was surprised and then I went online to find out what they were, what, you know, know, what their content was. I, I was familiar with the show, but I hadn't listened to their content in a while. Probably because well, they haven't had any in a while. Uh, yeah, I don't, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. Um, I don't either. The judges I spoke to afterwards, because I had to bring this up to somebody, uh, yeah. were like, yeah, we, we didn't know about that until afterwards. Yeah, that just kind of seems like a little bit of a... Oversight. Yeah, very big oversight, my opinion. Yeah, I'm... But... Uh, we got the honorable mention thing going. Focus on the positive. Right. We have fans. Trick or Treat Radio <laughs> won for best long form podcast, and uh, they've been on uh, the Dead TV podcast and Dr. Chris's Radio Horror Show. Some of the podcasts that have won, I have exchanged information for. None of them were very aware of what Hack Slash is as a comic book, but when I mentioned that on uh, the Dead TV podcast, I'm doing the Adams Family right now, they all jumped at the chance to want to be on that. Which makes uh, well, more sense, as the Adams Family is a little bit more well-known than Tim Seeley's independent comic book character. Just a little bit, but we're working on changing that. Maybe Everybody one day we'll get into a discussion about what happened to the Hackslash movie and, and talk about, like, what happened to that. <laughs> no! The movie that shall not be named. Uh, well, it never... Uh... <laughs> never came to fruition. Well, we'll maybe discuss that in a later episode. Maybe we'll have Tim on to talk about it, too. I mean, if, he, if he's legally allowed to. I think it'd be a good idea. We should try that. Definitely. Well, we're going to jump right into the issue now. Uh, slice hard, 25 cent, and then they slice hard the actual 48 pages, 48 pages, to the point that they put the credits in the actual content. But we'll get there in a second. I just wanted to point out, there's no credit page like most of the issues. <laughs> yeah, I have kind of a hard time finding the credits because I don't have them yeah, in the same so, way. So Serena is going to go through the plot synopsis, and then we'll go through the issue. All right. So Slice Heart is a little bit different than other issues we've covered. It was a short 16-page prequel released by Devil's Due Publishing. Was that really Uh, 16 pages and 8 pages of physical? Yeah, it was just 16 pages. Huh. Okay. Go ahead. Slice Heart is a little bit different than other issues we've covered. A short 16-page prequel was released by Devil's Due Publishing as a 25-cent special titled Slice Heart Pre-Slice. 
Written, penciled, and inked by Tim Seeley with Kata D'Souza providing the colors and letter by Marshall Dillon, Free Slice takes place in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Cassie and Vlad have paid a guy to be slasher bait. A very attractive blonde with what appears to be an angel tattoo on her stomach is about to push their bait into a bathtub, which turns out to be full of acid. The slasher is revealed to be the acid angel, and before Cassie and Vlad can decide what to do with her, it's revealed to be a double cross. They are both tased by the guy they paid to be bait. Dun, dun, dun. By the way, the reason I brought up the... Um... The reason I brought up the movie is because at the top of the cover, uh, it says, Slated to be a major motion picture from Rogue Pictures. Oh, is that? I don't have that on my cover page. Yeah, you probably don't have that on your cover. What you have for a cover is uh, Cassie licking her lips, holding her gun in a tank top and shorts, uh, holding her bat with Vlad with the, looking like the Incredible Hulk behind her. No joke, he's green and huge. Um, and uh, somebody with two knives standing behind him in, the, in uh, I guess it's a field with barbed wire. I thought it was a graveyard, but he's got glowing eyes. Is, do you have that cover? No, I actually have one with like all the slashers in this episode, and like someone's holding Cassie's head by the hair. Okay, that's the actual cover to Slice Hard. Period. Yeah. Okay, so just to go it's through this, just to go through the recap of the twenty-five cent issue really quick. There's a there's there's a letter page from Trent Haga of TrentHaga.com talking about Hack Slash. Now I'm not going to read this, but we posted this on the Twitter, so you can go to Twitter uh, at Gothic Horror to read it. If you want to. I'm not going to read this whole page. No, it's long. No, it's, it's just a long letter to the fans. Then yeah. there is the strange story of Cassie Hack origin story, drawn by uh, Stefano Caselli. Yes. Then we have the prelude of Slice Hard with Vlad eating a hot dog. And I, I love this artwork by Tim, too. It's very different because the coloring is so different. Oh, yeah, it is. It's just beautiful. Absolutely. Um, this chick with the, uh, the – who is that tattooed on her stomach? I don't know. I was going to ask you if you knew, because I wasn't even sure it was an angel, but, like, it has wings, but then I was like, maybe it's just, like, a saint or something? Yeah. Leave in the comment section below who the angel is tattooed on her her stomach. Uh, It's not her chest. It's her torso on her stomach. So I don't know, actually. All of her middle part? Does the... Does the profile on the back of the omnibus actually list list what the tattoo is? No, it doesn't. Okay. Did you notice that in the panel uh, on the other side of that one, Vlad looks like a freaking gorilla? Yeah, a little bit. A little? He looks like King Kong. Also, Cassie's reappearing, disappearing mole appears. Oh, my God, I never noticed that. Yeah, when Vlad has the uh, knife under Angel's neck as the uh, hot dog is sizzling in the bathtub, uh-huh. I thought it was like, oh, <laughs> Like a speck of food, baby, on my comic. No, it is. But she never always has that. <gasps> oh, do you remember? What is that Robin Hood men in tights when he has the mole that keeps moving? Right. <laughs> now, in the back of the omnibus, do you have sketches from the issue? I don't have sketches. Okay. So the sketches consist of the uh, the clown, uh, the teddy bear, the uh, the crisscross face guy, Oni face, I think. Uh, uh, XO. XO. Okay. And the clown's name is. Mortimer Strip. Mortimer Strip. Okay, and then Angel Acid as well. And then we have Cassie with her signature kind of fishnets and tube top with a belt that says "cunt." Oh, I don't see that. Yeah, it's again. It's in. The, it's, I think this is the, the twenty-five cent little. Uh, you know, I yeah. had to buy. Like, I had to. I I had to pay four dollars for this on eBay because I didn't know about it until a few years ago that I'd missed. That's this. quite a markup. Yeah, uh, but I thought it was funny that Cassie has a belt that says "cunt." 
Yeah, I like. I wish it was in the comic book because that's pretty sweet. Yeah, not a word you ever call a woman unless it's in some type of um, uh, consensual erotic foreplay. I use that word all the time, but okay. Well, <laughs> you're a woman, and it's usually okay, but it's still not like something you should say and call another person. You know what I mean? Probably not, no. but I promise they deserve it if I do. I think cunt is like the, you know, like gays, like faggot. Kind of, yeah. It's not as extreme as the N-word, which I'm not going to say, but I think it's, uh, you know, faggot and retard are in cunt, and those are words that you don't, you don't call people. True, you have a good point. Unless, again, uh, with in regards to the C-word, it's consensual foreplay. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, not going to get much further into that conversation. <laughs> okay, so the back of the issue, we have uh, slated to be a major motion picture. Hey, Tim Seeley here. For the ease of the completists among you, we've decided to show you all the Hackslash comics you have come out over the past few years. If you'd like the 25-cent preview, it might be worth your while to hunt down these local comics at your local comic shop. So they have the trade paperback, and then they list all the covers, including the covers to trailer, which we skipped trailer for now. We're going to get back to trailers when we get to trailer episode two. Uh, including the three covers for trailers. Yeah, so what's interesting is in the back of my omnibus, I do have a little thing slated to be a major motion picture from Rogue Pictures. Look for the ongoing series now. ComicMonsters.com says, I always look forward to Hack Slash. Tim Seeley really has stumbled onto a winner. CreatureCorner.com uh, says, 9.5 out of 10. Right from the start, I knew Hack Slash was a comic after my heart. Considering it just got optioned for a movie, now's the time to catch up on the original. Yes. See, other people were excited about it. From the team that brought you Loaded Bible, written by Tim Seeley, with art by Nate Bellegarde and Mark Engel art. And we're going to jump right to that one shot now with the synopsis by Serena. Okay. Slice Hard was written by Tim Seeley, art by Nate Bellegarde, later lettered by Brian J. Crowley, and Colors has been credited with Andrew Dalhouse, Chris Summers, Mark Engler, and Peter Sophrona. Sophrona? I hope I pronounced that right. So, Slicehard begins with a chef's knife-toting teddy bear trying to hitchhike a ride with no luck. We cut to a dreamscape of Kathy crying to her mother that the kids at school pick on her and call her ugly. She wakes groggy, demanding to know where she is and threatening that if anyone hurt Vlad, she'll kill every last one of them. We then meet Miss Christie, head of the research division at Pseudotech Inc. It's revealed that Miss Christie was previously crowned Miss America before burying it all in a porn mag. Miss Christie leads Cassie to what she calls the monster closet. Cassie is aghast to find that the monster closet is full of slashers in a state of suspended animation. Cassie lunges for Miss Christie, inquiring as to what the hell she's doing. Miss Christie shows her the image of an attractive man, explaining that due to Pseudotech's experimental cosmetics and advanced plastic surgery, that could be Vlad's face if Cassie agrees to help them catch slashers. Downstairs, a courier drops off a gift, ba- gift basket containing a bear at Pseudotech's front desk. The teddy bear comes to life and stabs the security guard. Back upstairs, Miss Christie is explaining to Cassie and Vlad how they discovered slashers and want to harness their regenerative powers, but Pseudotech has only been able to catch a few slashers while losing 32 people in the process. This is why she tracked down Cassie and Vlad. Elsewhere in Pseudotech, the teddy bear killed a guard, took his hand, and is waking up all the slashers. As Cassie, Vlad, and Miss Christie check the security cameras, the bear cries for Cassie, making her realize Ashley is back. 
Suddenly, a severed arm drops down and starts strangling Miss Christie. We then find that the arm belongs to Mortimer Strick, another slasher. Since Ashley has been in Cassie's head and can track her, she splits with Vlad and Miss Christie to lead Ashley and the other slashers away. Miss Christie refuses to leave without the regenerative formula Pseudotech created, and she and Vlad run into the acid angel who stabs Miss Christie in the stomach. Vlad is also injured when a set of gardening shears thrust through the acid angel's skull stabs him in the chest. Cassie calls Vlad, telling him everyone in the building is dead and instructing him to take Miss Christie and get out. She's broken a gas pipe and is planning on torching the place. As Miss Christie is dying, she gives Vlad her access card so he can get out. Vlad finds Cassie, who stabs the teddy bear possessed by Ashley through the skull. Miss Christie appears having taken the regenerative serum. While she initially chokes Cassie, she then holds off the remaining slasher while Cassie and Vlad escape. Miss Christie sets the gas-filled building on fire, herself included. Cassie and Vlad escape. Later, we see a firefighter helping a scorched Miss Christie fight, who fights him before stumbling away singing the Miss America theme song. Okay, so right at the beginning on the cover... Uh, I have, this has cover A and cover B. What is on cover B? I have cover A, which is the uh, the the six slashers holding up Cassie's head. Yeah, I don't have a cover B. Okay, it says there's a cover B, so we'll have to look up what cover B is. Uh, hold on. Yeah, I don't think I really found one. Cover B has a girl pointing a knife at us uh, dressed like Cassie. It's a model, I'm assuming. Oh, I know what I know what um, picture you're talking about. I don't have it in here, but yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, but it, there's no listing of who the credit on the model is. Yeah, I wonder. Is it the? I think it's the same girl from um, the first issue, euthanized. Uh, was on the alternate cover for that. The she the girl that insp- I think she's the girl that inspired Sandra Kammer, the one that inspired Cassie's whole look. I think that may be her. Or maybe yeah, it's not. also listed as the crank cover. Yeah. There's also apparently a cover C uh, listed, but I can't find an image of it. I know. Hmm. Okay, there's a MidtownComics.com cover of Cassie with the decapitated head of the clown next to Cassie with her legs spread, her crotch open, and uh, the kiss at bat pointing down at her crotch. And she's wearing oh, fishnets and, um, and uh, the, the, the tube top. Yeah, that's the cover for the Omnibus. Okay, so that's cover yeah. C. Oh, that's the uh, Tim Seeley incentive cover for Midtown Comics. Oh, sweet! I like that cover. Yeah, I do too. Just because I'm always, you know, a big fan of Tim's artwork. So, but yeah, yeah. K- Kiss It is right above uh, her uh, crotch. <laughs> As it should be. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so we open up the issue with this little song. What is that song? Cry Little Sister, the theme from Lost Boys. Right. By Gerard McMahon. Correct. Great song, too. Oh, yeah. I've played it incessantly uh, doing the uh, Lost Boys Movie Minute podcast. Yeah, that's that has, it's one of the great like soundtracks, in my opinion. And the little teddy bear is trying to hitchhike. Reminds me of the bear from Toy Story 3. 
Oh, it kind of does, doesn't it? Sad, pathetic, lost animal that goes psychotic. (laughs) (laughs) Just a little. Just a little. As a lot. I'm curious who the villain is in the next Toy Story coming up. Oh, I didn't even think about there being a villain. Anywho. Cassie, uh, Cassie, Cassie. Uh, Cassie's home front looks very um, small and boring. Honestly, it looks like a lot of the houses around here in central Illinois. Like, that's like the standard little house square. Yeah. On the bottom of the page, when Cassie's mother is hugging her, what do we have in the background for toys? Yeah, we talked about a lot of toys last episode. (laughs) We have the Snape Puff Marshmallow Man, the Powerpuff Girls, and um, my neighbor Totoro. Is that what that is? Oh, and the poster. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice that. And And uh, the sock monkey. And sock, sock monkey. monkey, yeah. And then there's a teddy bear next to the sock monkey. I can't figure out what that teddy bear is, but I know I've seen it somewhere. Like the teddy bear on the previous page. Oh, really? I don't know. It just kind of looks like it. Oh, okay. <laughs> then we switch over to the uh, the mental asylum that Cassie happens to be locked up in, and uh, I love how she uh, makes some threats to our uh, Miss America pageant-turned-scientist. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, Miss America to porn model to scientist. You could dream. Everybody can dream. Right. So, and one thing I noticed, though, is that doing this, the synopsis for this issue, it's 48 pages, but the synopsis is pretty short because the action in this issue is amazing. There's just a lot of action and shots and panels going on. The two images on Cassie's neck look like uh, vampire bite marks. Oh, they kind of do. Oh, oh, that was from the taser, though, wasn't it? Yeah, but they look like vampire bites. Oh, they do. Um, Cassie ha- doesn't look very attractive in this no, issue. No, she looks really weird. They draw her really badly. Yeah, um, and she's really tan. Mortimer Strick, Exo, The Waking Man, Hibachi Devil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Acid Angel are the villains all introduced in this issue. Man, they cram a lot of villains in this issue. None of them really return until that Cassie... Uh, CAC slash Chaos Comics crossover. <laughs> yeah, and, but we also saw two of these uh, slashers in issue one, a euthanized, when Cassie was explaining slashers. Uh, Mortimer Strick and XO were in those panels. <gasps> Did I know something you didn't know? Oh my god, this is a great day. <laughs> but I do have um, psycho files on all of the slashers in the back of the omnibus. Oh, yeah. Give us some tidbits about the uh, the five on the page real quick. So Acid Angel, her real name is Angela Cicero. And, okay, so she ended up, like, having an affair with some guy. And then I think his wife, like, killed herself. So then he, inject- he injected her with, like, hydrochloric acid. And that's how she died. And then she came back as this Acid Angel with her... Uh, superpower (laughs) i'm not entirely sure what to make of like her ability to like create acid but she's got to be turned on first so that's interesting and then we've already gone over ashley because we saw him in land of lost toys but uh the hibachi devil he was a hibachi chef who had this like uh rivalry with another hibachi chef and they had a cook-off and he used like poison fish or something to, like, kill the guy, and then that's how he came back. He's a vengeful ghoul. Mortimer Strick was a uh, rodeo clown in San Antonio, Texas. He also happened to be a serial rapist, and when he was caught attacking a cattle hand's wife, 
The men, man and his friends reacted by stringing Strick between several bowls and tearing him apart, which is why his, like, limbs and stuff can come off and, like, do things without being attached. The waking man was a janitor at a sleep disorder clinic, and he took some sleep drug hoping to get high, and uh, he died. And then now his goal is to put everyone to sleep. But my favorite slasher in this issue is XO. Uh, he kind of looks like Pinhead a little, just just a wee bit. But his name was Carl Vox, and his, like, graded appearance is because he uh, – he, a coworker, stepped, uh, stopped him from doing his evil dudes by dropping a heavy metal floor grating on him, and then he came back to enact vengeance on his former coworker. So those are our slashers in this issue. I mean, we've had like Pennywise, and we've had like you know, uh, the, you know, clowns. A lot of different clowns. Movie clown. Uh, the movie Clown from Eli Roth is a highly recommendation of mine. Uh, XO. We have uh, you know Pinhead. The Waking Man kind of reminds me of the serial killer from American Horror Story season one. I don't yeah, know the a, Gimp. Yeah, I don't know of a lot of cooking killers. Um, and the Acid Angel, not a lot of acid serial killers out there. No, but I did actually find, like, when I was looking for any other, like, horror films that featured that um, it's an Oni mask. And there's this, like, old Japanese horror movie called Oni Baba, which has to do with one of those masks and it looks pretty cool if anybody wants to check it out the teddy bear uh breaks into the uh cu tech and uh stabs the guard right through the skull it looks like in that uh x-ray ouch just yeah that kind of hurt it might and then so we get into like pseudotech's whole like plan with like what is this turning like slashers into a beauty cream I'm not entirely sure. Like, I mean, this is not the first time we're going to see slashes experimented on. That's going to come back later on. Yeah, definitely. But did you see the um, for their legally bare skin cream? Look barely legal forever. I'm not sure that's a tagline that would fly these days. It does remind me of the uh, blue skin cream to um, help the uh, uh, people with the ozone layer problem in the RoboCop movies. They're advertising in one of those fake commercials. Oh, yeah. See, that shit's just creepy. The teddy bear is kind of cute because he's got the hand and he's like, Roo, roo. Right? <laughs> he's a cute little bloody teddy bear. He's with a severed hand. When he's not like all like freaking out with the, the face or whatever. But he reminds yeah, me of the bottom panel. scary teddies. You ever get one of those like scary teddy bears? No, but like my kid is really into Five Nights at Freddy's right now. Oh, right, and, yeah. Yeah, that shit is scary. Like, it is creepy. I don't understand who decided that was a good idea, but he loves it, whatever. It's cool. <laughs> but then, oh, and I did read an article that, like, the name Slice Hard does come from, like, this being kind of a die-hard sort of thing where they're, like, in the building and whatnot, and Vlad is actually supposed to be the, like, John McClane of the issue. I found that on an interview with Tim Seeley on CBR.com. I had double-checked to see if there was a Slice Hard movie because I um, I found out afterwards that there was an actual um, – uh, I mean, I think we talked about it last episode. There was a Memorial Day movie, right? But I yeah. didn't watch it yet. You cannot finish this movie. It is that <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Are you serious? Like, I, I can watch some tried. terrible stuff. 
<laughs> oh, okay. I'll skip that. Yeah, do not watch Memorial Day the movie. It is awful. <laughs> Was it just a budget issue, or? I don't know. Is it... It's so bad. <laughs> you can't even give a reason. That's how you know it's bad. Right. So there's, by the way, one, two, three, four, five artists in this comic book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you can really see when the artwork changes, but I couldn't quite figure out where Tim's art was. I couldn't either. Yeah. His artwork is pretty distinguishable. One of the artists is named Nate Bella, Bellagard, and he's been an artist on uh, several Hackslash series. Also um, has a long career as an inker, uh, Invincibles, and uh, done cover art for Invincibles. Uh, Invincibles is about a kid with superpowers who finds out his dad is, you know, who, who, he's always known his dad to be like Superman, the world's greatest hero, but then mm-hmm. he finds out that his dad is like the Adolf Hitler of his planet. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, that sounds pretty sweet. I'll have to check that one out. I really like this character of Mortimer Strick. He actually reminded me of the killer clown from outer space when I first saw him. But I like this whole thing he does where he's just, like, a head and a spinal column, like, zooming around. And then, like, our waking man, he has a giant scythe. Which, by the way, if you have a bunch of slashers in captivity, why why would you keep their weapons? Why? What is the point of that? Well, I mean, a plot device, but I had a random question about it. I think I would have gotten rid of them. Yeah, that seems a little strange. I do love it how the fact that they, um, um, the outfit that Cassie gets in this issue is not the same outfit that she gets tased in, right? No, not really. So did they go to Hot Topic for her? Possibly, possibly. (laughs) Maybe they stopped off. I highly doubt they grabbed their stuff. I don't think they grabbed their stuff either. I just think they brought them as they are. Yeah, like, when did she get dressed? Because she was in, like, scrubs through, like, the first couple pages of this, and then all of a sudden she's running around in her full ensemble. We didn't have time for a wardrobe change. (laughs) Vlad's got, like, um... Okay, again, the cover of the 25-cent issue, he looks like the Hulk. In this, he's got brown skin like an (laughs) African-American. Yeah, which is what the guy, like, the face um, that they were saying he could have looks like. Right. Um, while the uh, serial killers are running amok, um, uh, Cassie gets it good right in there in the arm. It's not the first time in the next month she's going to get it in the arm because she gets it again mm-hmm. later from Chucky. But then uh, she slips on the massive amount of blood coming out from underneath the door. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like gallons. Well, we had to get a crash shot in there, so how better to do that than to make her fall? Got to see up her skirt. But then Acid Angel gets the uh, Christy right in the stomach. But, like, I got confused because at one time the slasher seemed to be working together. But then you see the XO slasher thrust the gardening shears through Acid Angel's skull, which kind of ends up saving Vlad because they were fighting at the moment. Maybe he's just an opportunist. Do we know of any uh, Miss Americas that went on to the porn industry? I don't, I don't think I've ever heard of that happening, right? Yeah, no, I think that would be your department, not mine. You sure about that? <laughs> yeah, I haven't actually heard of any. I mean, I know of some Miss Americas that have gone on to become, you know, lawyers and doctors. That's the whole point. You get a lot of money for college being Miss America, right? Yes, it is a scholarship program, everybody. But no, I, I have no... I mean, I'm sure there's got to be, like, one or two. 
like a Miss America or a Miss USA gone to do? How about you do some research on that? Get back to us. <laughs> but then, yeah, and then Vlad just goes ham with the uh, fire extinguisher, bashes Golden, as Vlad does. The acid chick gets the um, shears right through the back of the head, stabbing into Vlad. Uh, yeah. X's and O's for women, so they look like an X. Get it? Yeah. I really liked that when I found that out. Like, he's got the grid. He puts the X's for the women he kills and O's for the men. That was creative. And then and then Vlad bashes his brains in. Well, yeah. You've got to win the game somehow. Yeah. The, That's uh, a good way to do it. I just suddenly noticed when he picks up the uh, scientist as she's bleeding out, she's got a panty shot for some reason. <laughs> There's a lot of panty cross shots in this this issue. <laughs> I think somebody likes those. The dimension teddy bear is like the last one standing, too. <laughs> yeah, of course. Of course. With his big knife. Oh, my God. He's so adorable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. He looks a little bit mad. And she kicks him, too. Geronimo, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, wait. Did we know? Did we think that Ashley died at the end of Land of Lost Toys? Or was that kind of left open? I think that was left ambiguous. Oh, okay. Well, now we know. He came back. Yeah. The uh, man, the gift, the gift, the gift mask with the scythe plays dirty, stabbing Vlad right in the wound. It looks right? like there's like organs coming out of Vlad's chest. <laughs> maybe I don't know. He could have organs there. He's a big man, or maybe it's just muscle. I don't know. It's gross. It's a little bit. And the poor teddy bears get stuck to the wall afterwards <laughs> when uh, the gift mask continues his assault. Why not? Yeah, I think that was a little bit of like an anticlimactic ending for Ashley, but oh well. I mean, does that kill him? Oh, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, he doesn't appear at the end of the issue, but uh, you know, Miss America there definitely gets uh, barbecued. Just yeah, she's a crispy critter for sure. Definitely for sure. Mm-hmm. I think we see her again eventually. Yeah, so, question, like, did she actually die? She came back as a slasher. So, is she technically a slasher? I wasn't entirely sure if she, like, officially died. But then again, slashers don't always have to die. Correct. So, never mind. Again, I think she comes back as, like, the, I think she'll come back later on as the Miss America slasher. Oh, yeah, I think so, too. Just the way she went off in the end. But, yeah, so, like, it was a little, like, confusing, because she kind of, like, chokes Cassie, but then she holds the waking man killer back so that Cassie can escape. So she like a good guy, a bad guy. It's a little ambiguous. I kind of like it. I'm into it. Oh, and then of course, of course, Vlad has to, he saved a bunny, a little white bunny. Cause he's just such a big lovable furball like that. Cassie has a reminiscent about her mother. I did want to talk about this part because, uh, She's, you know, she's talking about, it's her and Vlad talking about how Vlad could have had, you know, a hot face and everything. And, you know, she says, I don't care what anyone offers. We can't trust anyone. You know, besides, like my mom used to say, toughen up, you whiny brat. We've got other things to worry about. And I only wanted to talk about it because in the beginning of the issue, in her dreamscape, when she's, you know, complaining to her mom that the kids call her ugly, her mom actually says it only matters how beautiful you are on the inside. But then when she's recapping the story to Vlad, it's completely not motherly or loving or anything like that. And I found that kind of interesting. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. 
It was interesting. Because I can't, I can't sit here and think that, like, that wasn't done on purpose. No. And, I mean, this is not the first time it comes up either about um, changing Vlad for the better. Yeah. Which, um, I mean, it would only change I think that comes up big time wise. when we get to his parentage. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a fun one. I tried to look up to see if there was a uh, company called CEU2 Tech. Pseudo Tech? Pseudo Tech, yeah, there's no company that exists. Just to see if it came from anywhere. So, new segment I'm introducing at the end of the show, uh, at the end of the episode, at the end of the issue, excuse me, regarding the issue at hand, if there is any coverage of it, right here. What movies are connected to the issue at hand? And the biggest one that comes to mind, and I'm not talking about the individual serial killers because we kind of went over that in the beginning, in the middle of the issue when we came to them, but Cabin in the Woods definitely comes to mind with this issue with regards to keeping all of the serial killers and monsters trapped in some type of, like, government laboratory. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, definitely, for sure. Yeah. And... Which, by the way, I hate that movie. You are done. What? <laughs> I can't stand that movie. Oh my god! It. I can't. I can't. Oh my god! Well, next week the new co-host starts. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! But like random tangent, pseudo tech. I wonder if that's a play on words with like pseudo, as in not genuine, spurious, or like a sham. True. Like, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Maybe. Okay. Anyways, back to uh, the terrible movie that is Cabin in the Oh Woods. my God. <laughs> no, I couldn't. I just. It was not for me. Ah. Yeah. No, I hate it. <laughs> anyway, um, so also comes to mind is the second season of Stranger Things with the, um, you know, that that organization trying to experiment on stuff and, uh, and getting yeah. all kind of crazy. Oh yeah, I kind of like the whole. Uh, theme whatnot of like the government acknowledging that evil creepy things exist or like big corporations and experimenting on them i kind of like it like those kind of storylines okay one quick thing i need to go back to the issue real quick for so one the the, the laboratory blows up and we get one fireman like going oh god survivor there's at least four firemen that drive a fire engine by the way (laughs) yeah of course and then there's also like how did she even get out there's something missing here. The fact, did she kill the other firemen? I mean. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, and then he's like, your medics will be here in a second. Like, aren't they supposed to be there? Yeah. So this is like 48 actual pages, and there's only one ad on the back for the Family Guy video game, which I never played. Uh, but, okay. yeah, a lot of content for 4.99. 48 full pages of uh, with no ads. Yeah, and it was it was action i'm telling you this is probably the most action heavy i think issue we've had so far yeah until really. issues. yeah but in the uh the interview that tim feely did with cbr he said i really pushed it in this one basically i had to combine the action movie death with the slasher movie death which makes for some hilariously twisted stuff this one is definitely the most over-the-top hack slash i've done now, we're going to do trailers when we get to trailers, too. We're going to do both issues back-to-back because they're kind of out of continuity stories, apparently. They're not, they're not really continuity-ish. No, um, but they're awesome. They're awesome, but, so we will get to them. In two yes. weeks, we will be doing Hackslash versus Chucky. 
Yay! <laughs> with a uh, guest on the show. I'm still confirming that to line that date up with recording. Fingers crossed. And we will be talking about all the Chucky movies. By the way, we're also going to be talking a little bit about the previous Chucky comic books, because Devil Zoo Press did do a Chucky series that came out immediately after that one shot. But there have been other Chucky comic books through a comic book company called Innovative. Um, and then, of course, there's the numerous Chucky movies, and the new Chucky movie will be in theaters at that point as well. So we will have a lot of Chucky review content to talk about. So we will be talking about all the films individually, a little bit at a time. You know, All eight films? All eight films. <laughs> That's my life for the next two weeks. I met a girl at the Scaricon who dressed like Tiffany, and she was gorgeous. You have to have, like, some guts to be Tiffany, because Jennifer Tilly is just hot. Yeah, so by the hot. way, did you, did you know it's the 25th anniversary of the movie, um, is it Bound, with her and Gina Gershon play lesbians? 25 years? Are you kidding me? Yep, and Gina Gershon was recently on Riverdale. Which is yes. like, as if you don't think Riverdale has anything to do, someone some, somebody sent me an email saying, why are you talking about Riverdale? It has nothing to do with it. Are you kidding uh, me? Riverdale is dark as hell. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. I like, mean, Riverdale's got some serious fucked up shit going on in that show. Yeah, it does. I mean, this last season I was a little eh on. It was a little whatever. But, uh, yeah, it is dark. And I love Gina Gershon in it, but... And the preview for what's going to happen next season in the future? I haven't seen that yet. Oh, yeah. Oh, they do a time jump. Yeah. Oh, okay. So hey, the season do you remember has Gina like. Gina Gershon in Striptease? Yes. Where, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's very. She's very Crystal. Yeah, she's very hot in that. <laughs> she's hot in everything. Like, can I just age a little bit as well as she did? Yeah, she plays Jughead's mother. <laughs> very interesting role for her, Jughead's mom. Yeah, I thought so, too. I was a little bit surprised, but I liked it. Cool. Anyhow. Our goth girl for the month is Baby Bones. Uh, you can find her at Baby underscore Bones with the O looking like a zero, I believe. And she does these adorable little bath bombs. The highlight is the top of her page. It's a Witch's Brew bath bomb collection, which is now available from her Etsy store. It comes in three different colors, and it kind of makes this awesome cauldron boiling you know sensation as it bubbles up in the bath water it's very very cool i've seen a lot of people really enjoy these uh you should definitely check out her twitter and her instagram and her etsy store and she's also got a bunch of really cute pictures of herself up she's absolutely adorable uh with her own little gothic uh fashion too so again check out baby underscore bones for our goth girl of the month here on goth girl horror don't forget, you can find us on Twitter at ChrisDSAV and... I'm Mad But Magic. And at Goth Girl Horror, which is our only social media site. We're not going to do a Facebook post. Someone's like, why don't you have a Facebook page? Uh, do we really need and one? No. All the cool people are on Twitter anyways. Yeah. Like our president. I mean, that's where you found me, so... Yeah. <laughs> If you'd like to send us an email, you can at thatradiohorror at gmail.com. And again, we'll be back in two weeks. Don't forget, oh, by the way, don't forget, leave us a review on Patreon. Uh, sorry, you can go to our Patreon, make a donation to the podcast. We have a special thing coming up for Patreon. I've had a little bit of a busy couple of weeks to work on it, but I'm going to be buckling down working on it this week. But uh, if you want to send us an email, go to thatradiohorror at gmail.com. And we got some guests coming up soon, so stay tuned for the podcast for that. But please leave us a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play if you could as well. Thank you, everybody. Thank you.
tonight Let the villains know that she's looking for a fuck 